Hello, everyone. My name is Ian Peterman, host of the Conscious Design Podcast. And with me today, we have Everett Frank, CEO of Digisource and a supply chain expert in electronics. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, Ian. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. We've talked a lot about supply chain, especially and what's going on right now. It's it's a bit of a topic for everyone. We've struggled through and are still seeing impact of what supply chain means. And you've worked in supply chain for a long time. You've gotten back into it recently and doing some some last last chance hunting for some products. Yeah. So can you share a little bit about you know your experience, supply chain and what it what it's meant, you know, for your for your own process and what what you do for people? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess one of the first things I would say is I've never seen anything like this, you know, and, and I started, um, I'm not going to count the years, but I started in the mid 80s, um, early 80s. And, uh, and I can tell you that everybody that, that I talked to that, uh, you know, with that kind of seniority says the same thing that we've just never seen, you know, and back then we had really vicious cycles, you know, we had about 18 month cycles where we go through these you know, just slammed and then down and up and we, everything would be on allocation and da, 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 da. And, uh, you know, it was really difficult and, and this is worse, you know, it's, uh, uh it's just, I haven't, I haven't just ever seen anything quite, quite like this, quite so broad, um, um, and the amount of time that is going on. And, uh, so yeah, for anyone who is struggling with it, it's, it's an extraordinary time. Yeah. And, and one of the things we, we, I think we talked about a little bit, but is really important is, you know, the, the relationships we have with suppliers and, you know, that's historically speaking, as long as you had a really good relationship with your supplier, you could weather something like this, but even now that's while it's super important there's there's shortages and things like that and what is your you know you have you've have companies that come to you and say we can't find anything what is your kind of process is it is it finding new relationships is it is it old relationships like what what is even a, a, a possible option when you do hit that final mark of well, nobody is publicly saying that we, we have this part out there. You know, are you seeing more redesign work into totally shifting a product over or what's kind of what are the, the directions you're seeing people go in order to solve, you know, this huge supply chain issue we're all having? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a very broad way, um, the small to mid-sized companies, it's easier for them to um, execute a design change. Um, you know, they don't tend to have the um, the process overhead and the internal barriers to, to um, changing the product. So they can tend to be, you know, more nimble in that way. So, so I think that the idea that we're going to design around that problem is more prevalent in small to mid-sized companies. In um, bigger companies, it's much, much more difficult to just sort of execute, a, you know, certainly a circuit change. I mean, in many cases, 
Um, even qualifying a new component is a months long process at, at large companies. And then if you're starting to talk about going and changing the circuit itself, it's, it's almost unthinkably complex for big companies. And so they have to go, you know, find, uh, find the parts. And um, then with respect to how to do it, 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 it I, I guess you're right. It is, it is sort of the, it, it's a time of relationships uh, for sure. And, um, um, and knowing, knowing who to know may be the way to put it. So, um, uh, you know, so it's a combination of, of, of people that you already know and people that they introduce you to. It's kind of, it's kind of all these things in terms of how do you go and, how do you go and find the parts? Um, and, um, you know, I mean, I guess my advice to, um, supply chain people would be cast a wide net, you know, uh, or, 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 or have somebody who knows how to do that and is doing that for you, um, either way. Um, but it's, it's, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's niche, um, to find the parts. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's very, uh, uh, lucky almost. I'm, I'm not, not finding the right word, but you know, somebody will come across the part and, and, uh, and you got to find that somebody who knows knows where the parts are, and it's um, yeah, it's just a, it's a big challenge. Um, I think another implication is uh, I don't I don't know if it's if it's the the death of, of just in time delivery, but it's certainly um, mortally wounding it. Um, you know, so that's a another issue here is is that you know um, um, JIT relies on 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 uh, uh, on short supply chains and. Um, or, or excellent forecasting, and um, now, now, how do you how do you reasonably uh, run an operation in a in a in a JIT configuration when nobody knows where you get the parts? And uh, so that's kind of changing um, perspective. Um, and I think certainly another impact is um, the nearshoring, you might call it, right? Um, um, the availability of components. Uh, nearer to your geography, it's certainly much greater awareness of that, and uh, um, and all those international risks are is a much greater awareness of that. Right. Well, yeah, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of impacts <laughs> that we may have been able to ignore before, but but now we can't. Um, stepping stepping back a little bit uh, to you know, assuming that we we can have a supply chain that functions. Building out a supply chain is something a lot of a lot of companies, even designers, don't even know how to do. It's it's a chore and, and a job in and in and of itself. And I wanted to talk briefly about some of the compliance part of part of this because that's something you know we all like to design something and and figure it out. But there's many layers to sourcing products and components in a, in a smart way. And I know you, you've worked in that, in that space. So, uh, and, and you have a software that you're, you're working with to create a solution, to be able to actually, actually build a smart supply chain. Can you share a little bit about your you know, experience and things that you look for in building out a supply chain? Where, what are, you know, the pitfalls <laughs> that, that you can quite easily fall into when sourcing that uh, we don't always think about the first time, but then 
somebody from compliance says, ah, no, <laughs> you have to jump over here. And this, yeah. that hoop is not open for you today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a wide ranging question. Um, I, I think, um, uh, starting, starting from the beginning, um, the, um, compliance is largely an issue of what gets spec into the product. And it's a little bit less a sourcing problem. It'll lead to a sourcing problem, but the, um, getting the compliance correct up front and becoming aware of your compliance obligations is one of the most difficult things. And compliance is only getting more and more complex. Um, probably the best example is the, uh, the reach requirements. Everybody's pretty familiar now. We're all comfortable with ROAST and the unleaded Rojas with the unleaded requirement. Um, but now in Europe, there's a, a reach requirement, which has to do with um, uh, certain uh, uh, substances of high concern. And, and it, it, it ultimately relates to how that product is disposed of in the future. So they're, they're trying to track all this. And if um, your product by overall weight um, contains a certain threshold percentage of these unwanted chemicals, you are required to register that product in what's called the SKIP database in order to um, market that product in Europe and be in compliance with the regulatory requirements. And so this presents a challenge then, you need to be able to figure out exactly how much weight of these obscure chemicals as a percentage, it's in my product, uh, right? In order and trigger to trigger the the, uh, the skip requirement, right? And so you know these are like crazy. I mean, you know, ten years ago, it's unimaginable we would be trying to uh, uh, track and trace these things to uh, individual product level, but that's where we're at. And um, you know, similarly, if your product, if you intend to sell your product in China. The, um, the Rojas requirements are quite different in China than they are in, uh, in Europe. It's much, much more limited actually in China because China doesn't allow exceptions uh, to, the, uh, to the requirement in the way that the European Rojas does. And so it's quite different. And so there's a lot of regulatory issues now and it's, 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 only, it's only getting worse. So what we're doing then is trying to, uh, to provide what we call a product risk management tool that assesses all these things. So we, we, you know, starting with, are the part numbers correct? Are they, are they purchasable part numbers? Um, what is the availability and lead time? And reporting all these sort of very basic um, metrics, as well as um, all the compliance data, and then giving uh, a convenient way to cross-reference to um, alternate parts and some you know, tools to help make those selections. Um, you know, what, like on a capacitor, you might have 15 different uh, part numbers, right? There's their direct process, which is the best one, right? And, you know, so helping to kind of solve, um, you know, give guidance to those as well as um, providing consolidated uh, feedback, I guess I would say on the design side. So we, we can assess um, the print circuit board design, the fabrication design itself, 
and we can assess the assembly as well. So we use Valor, which is very popular uh, uh, software for that, but we consolidate the output of Valor into a readable, easy to use format. And we provide all this for a few hundred bucks. So it's really, it's an unprecedented value, to me anyway, it's an unprecedented value in, in assessing uh, your overall risk profile of a product. Yeah, well, it's something that um, your risk profile is a great, great word that a lot of, you know, I work with a lot of startups and they don't always look at that, right? You're in a, in a fast growth. We got to get this out. It needs to, you know, start making money. Otherwise, people aren't going to look at it. But there's there's this component of risk that, you know, shouldn't, in my, in my opinion, shouldn't be ignored. It should be, it's worth the time and effort so you use a system like that, it goes, okay, well, here's here's the components you should be looking at. Here's why. <laughs> here's why this component doesn't doesn't meet these requirements. And and actually I have a picture because it's like you said, it's getting harder and harder with regulatory requirements. And you know, and some of them are, are really great. Like we, we probably should be watching out uh, certain chemicals, how, how much we put into a product. Uh, but it is that extra layer of, well, how do you track that? And I was very surprised that it's a percentage of weight because some of that stuff, I'm not sure how you, how you can even yeah. measure that accurately. So yeah. also, you know, the whole, well, how do you, how, how do you make that actually work in a smart, repeatable way um, that you could validate? So yeah. um, I think I'm gonna have to go look and see how they actually measure that yeah well we can help you with that um so uh so yeah so our tool reports it so we can go back and tell you what your um um uh, you know what your weight is uh astonishingly enough i mean to me it's amazing that we can even access that data and report it but right that yeah, it's, it's insane but um but we can and we can report it and you know i i think too that um you know, uh, electrical engineers are trying to do something amazing already, you know, with the products that they're designing and they're trying to create all these, you know, amazing things. And that's really where their competency should be. It, it, it shouldn't be in trying to figure out what's the weight of some obscure chemicals that are in the products, right? It, it's like, that's not where that expertise should lie. You know, um, the core competence of the engineers needs to be designing amazing products. And we need to support them with these tools that makes them aware of the, of these uh, little landmines, but their focus needs to remain on being great at design. Yeah, it's it's even more than ever before. It's a team effort. The idea of you know somebody going and building a commercial ready product in a one, two, even three person team is kind of in my opinion, it's kind of dead. Like you can quaint. <laughs> yes, quaint. That is a quaint yeah. idea. It's uh, much. There's so much more to to think about and to put together. And it's it's great. It's it, as you said. Like you're an electrical engineer, they can actually focus. Should be focused on the design and and develop that idea. And then then you have compliance. And then you have you know import export. And then you have have all of these other other areas that are supply chain. And I think we've kind of all hidden a little bit, at least in the design world, we've been like, oh, well, we'll figure that out later. Uh, 
Yeah, right. 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 Look, look at my beautiful product. It's it's amazing. And then we kind of just walk away and start the next one. And right. yeah, it's I think that kind of also needs to become a, a quaint idea. We not that we should be an expert, but we should be aware that there is this whole other side to supply chain and to compliance and and bring bring that in earlier because you know if you design a beautiful thing but nobody can build it because what you <laughs> the way you designed it requires a bunch of components that uh you know europe won't let you import you're kind of stuck are you really happy with that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. Everybody struggles with this sort of um, dynamic, um, right? Because the engineers want to, you know, design beautiful things and they want to sort of throw over the wall supply chain issues, right? And like, is that, I mean, really, even just starting with lead time and availability. Oh, yes. We ought to you know, now. Right. Like, I don't know anything about that. That's somebody else's problem, you know, is a, is a metaphorical attitude of, of, of engineering. And, and, um, and, and, you know, that's, that's no good either, um, because you can't, as you say, if you can't, if you can't get the parts and not compliant and you can't build it, that doesn't do you any good. Um, on the other hand, I don't think that the, um, that the, that the, that the bigger stick should, uh, pass to supply chain or operations, at least in most, most businesses. In most businesses, the, the, the core competency and the, and the, you know, the reason that they're, that they're, uh, that they're going to, going to be great or are great is, is because of their engineering. And, and the engineering needs to be, uh, supported, um, and, 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 and assisted with these things um not beaten into submission you know what i mean it, uh, uh, i agree yeah so it really needs to be i think more about getting the tools to engineers and they need they need to be willing to sort of use that information to right. make choices but for god's sake they can't spend their day doing that you know no they wouldn't design anything we wouldn't design anything right <laughs> then where would we all be right we'd be we have a very compliant nothing Sitting right there. exactly <laughs> right you're perfectly compliant no risk yeah, yeah. the perfect yeah. product zero risk zero, zero time right zero time yeah yeah and so what else you know there's so we talked about you know compliance and things like that what else are you looking at I mean, you mentioned you know design the actual you know not even just component compliance but the design itself you know making sure that it's actually meet standards and requirements. What else in your experience do you, you know, engineering designs this great thing, it works well. Now it comes time to manufacture it and build a supply chain around it. What other areas do you feel like should should be paid attention to a little bit more? And, you know, not not that obviously it's not the engineer's job to, to know everything, but what other what other supportive things should be present and and we should be aware of when we're when we are designing those products in order to make sure that the supply chain isn't isn't going to go down a rabbit hole no one no one can can return from yeah 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 i think i think from the design side i think that um starting with the design components itself the printed circuit board design um you should run Valor um, uh, on it, um, 
and um, use uh, an, an intelligent database, um, uh, something that can output ODB++, which, which more and more of the tools can do. Um, almost all of them. I think, I think, uh, I think KiCad still doesn't do it. But, you know, there's a, there's a um, popularity, particularly amongst cash-strapped startups, to use tools um, like that that don't output ODB++ files or, or similar uh, intelligent file systems um, that can then feed into um, Valor for, uh, for simulation. Um, less so on the PCB, it's less critical on the, on the printed circuit board Valor. And, you know, all, all um, PCB fabrication facilities use use valor uh, before they uh, run almost all anyway so you you get feedback from the printed circuit board uh, manufacturer typically you know tqs uh, this kind of thing um, so you do get feedback that way on that um, on the assembly side um, it's it's unusual really for for customers to uh, run a valor simulation prior to assembling which is a separate um, software tool and, and we would definitely recommend um, running that. It's, you know, a few hundred dollars, you know, 350, 500 bucks, something, depending upon the complexity um, to run a Valor simulation. And it tells you all kinds of things, hundreds of things get, get confirmed. And it's really, um, you know, I just can't say enough. The proper way to bring a, bring a, a product to market is use, use a tool that does ODB++ and run um, run the Valor uh, on, on both the assembly and the PCB. Um, and um, in terms of the supply chain side, I, I would kind of say probably the biggest things I would highlight are, are number one, verify the part numbers. Use, use a tool that um, verifies the part numbers. A bomb scrub is typically called. Um, you know, it's, 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 there's, there's lots of tools out there that will give you feedback on that. Um, R certainly does it, um, but again, you find out if you've got a you know a slash in the wrong part in the wrong place, and then you if you put you know some stupid number in the wrong spot that's absolutely meaningless from an engineer standpoint, but when it gets to a buyer and they can't they don't know what what the part is and they can't you know they can't match it at a distributor and now you've got you know so. Verify your part numbers, uh, you know, um, somewhere in that in that early process, and and engage with your critical um, component suppliers, especially if you're a startup. Um, so, really, at any any product that's going to go to any volume, but it's especially true if you're a startup because you need to build a relationship with the right people at your key um, semiconductor suppliers so that you get the right support. And that, that starts certainly with technical support, uh, but it'll quickly become pricing support and then it will become delivery support. And the more that you, you know, uh, startups are gonna have, have very volatile schedules. You know, they just, they just all do, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yes, yes. And so if you don't have a, a, a good relationship in place with your key component suppliers, you know, um, and, and I would, so I, I absolutely encourage, you know, uh, my, my clients to be doing that, you know, I'll introduce them to the semiconductor companies, you know, it's like, you need to have this, um, direct relationship. Um, and, and so a, a good relationship with Avnet and Arrow does not substitute for, 
uh, a, a, a good relationship directly with your your uh, strategic suppliers. So those would be my comments about um, sort of key best practices early on. Well, that's great. And I think that's a great point of having a direct relationship because it's one of the things I always try to tell people is you want those relationships as soon as possible so that you can start going through the process because you never know what kind of feedback they might be able to give you on, on what you're working on or be able to warn you of uh, supply issues, things like that. And uh, yeah, volatile, volatile timelines for startups means that information can make or break you. So it's absolutely, it absolutely zero breaks, especially startups. And especially, you know, nowadays uh, uh, the IOT market in particular goes from, Hey, we just designed this to, we need 10,000 of them next month, you know, and we need a hundred thousand of them next quarter. I mean, that's so, that's, that's like common in the. Right. That's not know, even, that's not even a hockey stick. It's just yeah. normal growth. <laughs> that's just normal growth in these IOT products. And, you know, where are those parts going to come from? Right. If somebody doesn't do it and, you know, the, a lot of what you're seeing right now is that the, uh, the typical um, start to finish from sand to product uh, of, a, of a semiconductor is about six months. You know, it doesn't matter what you see as a published lead time. You know, what you're seeing as a published lead time is just reflecting what they expect to allocate in their pipeline to that product. That's, that, that's what you're seeing when you see a lead time. The actual manufacturing lead time of most parts is around six months. You know, so if you're coming in out of the blue and you want a hundred thousand of anything that was unplanned in that six month window, you know, well, where's that going to come from? You know, it, it just can't. Right. You know, it's not possible to uh, turn on a dime like that in, in semiconductor manufacturing. So you need to be thinking that if you've got something that's going to, you know, uh, jump into. Um, and I guess the caveat would be you would want to think of that as a percentage of that product's volume, right? So if you know that somebody, uh, that ST Micro is making 50 million of this, of this uh, controller and you, a year, you might need 100,000 of them. Well, that might not be that big a deal, you know, but if you know that that product is about, is a million or two million a year and suddenly you're a five or 10% jump in their production, now you got a problem. Right. It's, it's how much of their production are you going to be? And yeah, five, five percent's a lot for, for a lot. something that's six months out. That's yeah. Yeah. Cause you think about it. If, if you're in, in their shoes, you've got to plan six months out, right? Well, you're going to plan for what you reasonably think you're going to sell in that period plus or minus something. Right. Right. Yeah. You'll yeah. have a buffer, but not, not enough to buffer 5% each month. <laughs> Usually not. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you're uh, if you're a calculable volume of, of uh, you know of what you think that part is moving, and you know you may have a, a spike demand for it, you should really have a relationship with uh, with the supplier so that they've got you on their uh, on their on their on their uh, vision for production. And another, which sort of brings to mind another advantage, is that if you have that relationship and you get it at the right level, they'll start talking to you about their product roadmap, 
and about what their what their next gen products are going to be, and and they'll if they if they really think you're cool, they'll ask you for input on their next gen products. So um, that's a kind of a sign that they really like you. And, yeah, you're uh, hot stuff if you if you get that that conversation. Right. So yeah, if you're in that conversation now, now you know a couple things. You know that you you know you're pretty you're you're pretty advanced in in whatever you're thinking about because they talk to everybody, you know. So they they have a wide uh, right. scheme, and it also you know from the perspective of a semiconductor company, the OEM is is like a pony that they want to ride. They want to they want to ride it in the in the pony races. Right. And they want to get on winning ponies. They want to identify winning ponies because they they don't sell their products direct to consumers or direct to end users. Right. They they, they sell their products to successful companies who can design it in and sell it and buy a million. Of them, right. And they're they're trying to pick the best pony. That's really is what they're doing when you're engaging at a high level with them. That's what they're doing. They're They're trying to decide if you're going to be. Uh, a, a winning pony, and uh, so it's another sign if they engage with you that they think that your your technology or your approach or your access to the market, these different things, are going to be winners. So it's, it's validating if you see them doing that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point to think about too. Is that you know your supply chain? The farther farther back you get, the farther away they are from a customer, and the less they care about the customer in any way, they care about whether you can actually sell your product because that's how they sell theirs to you. So it's, yeah, it becomes a little bit of a different negotiation and a conversation and, and different trust level. And they look at different things than, you know, someone else might <laughs> in the supply chain, what they, yeah. what they count as valuable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and their interests are just different. And if you can align to those interests, like you know, a microcontroller, right? It could go in an IoT product. It could go in a car. Well, which which market, as a semiconductor uh, marketing executive, which market are you going to devote resources to? You have to make you have to make a decision, right? Right. Which one's yeah. growing? Which one's going to help them stay alive? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 That's really great. Yeah, I think this has been this has been really great. I think there's a lot of information. If you're a startup, definitely need to be thinking about all of these things. Don't skip compliance. <laughs> don't 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 skip it. Just don't, please. Uh, we'll save you save you a lot of time and heartache later. Uh, and for people that are wanting to get a hold of you or or take a look at your software. You know, where can where can people find you and get a hold of you and and hopefully hopefully just get the software and be and make sure their stuff is is good to go uh, and keep their risk profile down. Um, yeah. So we're at um, thedigisource.com and uh, you can see our our products and our our things uh, listed there. Perfect. Yeah. All righty. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on to chat and to share and. And for everyone out there, look up DigiSource. If you're in doing any electronics production, get it checked. Make sure you're saving yourself some pain later. You just, just avoid that and do it now. Well, thank you.
Okay, thanks, Ian. I really appreciate it. I always enjoy talking to you. I always learn something new every time we talk, and I look forward to the next time. Sounds good. <laughs>